Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Project Geekology. I'm Anthony, and I am joined with... Dakota! Welcome. We're very excited to be here. We're going to be talking all about the DC fandom experience from last Saturday, and we're filming this a little bit late. Um, so, bear with us. We actually started, or we actually did a full podcast about the DC fandom on Wednesday, Wednesday the 26th, and now uh, we... We realized the audio was corrupted, so we're going to be re-recording today. And hopefully it'll be a little tighter, be a little more interesting, and uh, we'll have a little bit of a better conversation, I hope. Um, But I think we should talk a little bit about, or just briefly mention, the fact that we we lost a fantastic actor this week, Chadwick Boseman. Um, You know, most notably from Black Panther, Civil War, 42... I still can't believe it. I, he was way, way, way too young. 43. It's terrible. And the fact that he um, held that secret of his illness in for four years, it's, it's insane. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I'm actually kind of happy that we have to re-record this because I'm glad that we do get to talk about him and, um, you know, just talk about how sad it is that we, we lost. I, I would say that uh, just seeing some of his interviews, he's definitely a role model to to people out there definitely someone to to look to for um you know an upstanding individual yeah he he meant uh, he meant so much he meant so much to so many people it it was really heartwarming and just so sad to to see what the response was online you know you you got stuff like this when stan lee died you got stuff like this when carrie fisher died um, you know some of the big the the big players in uh, popular culture that have uh, unfortunately passed at this point, and Chadwick Boseman's right up there with them. We we're definitely gonna miss his work, and we're we're so sad that we're we're not gonna see any more of it. You know, much love to his family, his uh, friends, and his fans. No, yeah, you're definitely we definitely lost an amazing actor and just individual in general yeah you know with that being said uh you know besides besides you know something tragic like that i mean how how's your week been what have you been up to this week uh my week's been fine so when we first recorded this we talked a little bit about like what we were into this past week and i mentioned that i had read the thrawn book and i I had finished the first season of avatar Korra. uh the first thrawn book by timothy zahn it was uh Kind of not not a huge undertaking on my part, but you know it was a really fun listen because I listened to it via Audible. Thrawn is just one of those characters that you love, uh, and you know that he has this weird sense of justice that he's always trying to uphold. Um, he's always a very tactical person, but because of that, there are points in the novel that are just kind that just drag out a little bit because he's such a wordy individual. But um, it, it was really fun. Uh, I think Timothy Zahn being in charge of the character is, is really great. And I've finished the first two seasons of Avatar Korra at this point. And that's, that's been pretty good. I was less of a fan of the second season. Um, I think that they had a really strong first season. Uh, at least that, that story arc of uh, Amon was fantastic. The second season with Unalak um, dragged a little bit. But uh, we'll talk about Avatar Korra in another video entirely. What about you, Anthony? Have uh, What have you been up to? As I had mentioned in the previous recording, I also finished the first season of The Legend of Korra. 
enjoyed it so much more so than the first time I watched that first season. And uh, I'm about halfway through the second season and I, I do see where what you're talking about. It's a lot different than the first season. The first season was pretty strong. And so I was, so it's definitely, yeah, it's a little slower. Um, there's definitely some action and there's definitely some really awesome bending. Uh, that, that's one of my favorite things about the show, the, the bending and the way that it's animated is really, really good. And so it kind of continues on with that. That that's what that's one of the things I did enjoy or that I have been enjoying with the second season. Another thing that I got to play through was the Avengers game that is coming out later this year, uh, maybe next month or the following month. And it was interesting uh, when I first saw it in E3 a couple years ago. I was not a big fan. It was a little off-putting it, it it's all right it, I, I i've thought heard it mixed was reviews a lot better i've heard mixed reviews yeah. from it so far from the demo at least it's not the full game obviously but for me the characters looked a little weird and blocky not as sleek as they uh, may look in the movies and i think we're so used to you know the mcu versions of these characters now the comic book versions of these characters so to see a different interpretation is a little off-putting uh, at first that's that's my impression at this point which character do you think was most fun to play as the hulk i mean the hulk was really fun i mean just being able to just like demolish hulk smash everything yeah seriously the hulk was really fun playing the hulk is what you would expect i mean he's just plowing through all these uh enemies the thing that i did find a little interesting was the ability to collect and kind of like upgrade your gear or change your gear out that was interesting did it give you the option to upgrade your powers or change your powers at all like your power set for each hero or no yeah i, be I believe so i didn't go super deep into it but i do I do believe I remember seeing the option to upgrade your abilities. That's cool. It was, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was fun. After after a little while, I was definitely the, getting the urge to hop back into Persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. I mean, the Persona 5 seems to be the better game then. Um, at least from the, you know, comparing, comparing that to the demo of this game. But... We should probably get into our discussion of the DC fandom really quickly before we begin our discussion. Uh, we want to know what you guys thought about the DC fandom. If you look into our show notes, you'll find a new Twitter handle, at PGeekology. We would love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to extend the conversation out to you guys because it's not just about me and Anthony. It's about geek culture. and. We're here not only to entertain you, but to, uh, you know, have a conversation with our fans and with fans of geek culture. So uh, we hope you guys get to um, talk to us a little bit about that. But Anthony, what do you think your favorite part of the DC fandom experience was? It was definitely nice being able to see more of the of Wonder Woman 1984. That's one of the movies that I'm I've been pretty excited about after seeing the first Wonder Woman and uh when they announced that there was a sequel on the way i was definitely pretty excited and seeing more and more of it has been really good and also seeing some of the games like gotham knights gotham knights looks really cool and the, i think it was the suicide squad or was it just suicide squad suicide squad kill the justice league yes suicide squad kill the justice league 
and that game looked really fun too. Yeah, so we actually got a lot of footage from a lot of different stuff, even if it was just concept art, even if it was just animation or whatever. Um, we got a lot of stuff uh, from pretty much every project coming down the line from both the DC Extended Universe uh, to the video game side of DC fandom, and even TV. I don't think we're going to be talking too much about the TV side of it here because I don't think... I, are you following the TV shows on the CW and stuff? No, uh, to be honest, I watched through uh, several seasons of the of Arrow. Uh, I did not catch the last couple of seasons. Uh, I watched the first couple of seasons of The Flash. Flash was pretty good. Didn't watch too much of Supergirl or The Legends of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I did not catch Batwoman either. A lot, I do. A lot of I, I am interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, pretty much but something that i did want to see i haven't gotten to see yet is uh crisis on infinite earths mostly because tom welling is in it i mean yeah. smallville unfortunately was... he's only in it for a little bit but um, yeah it is cool and i think we should talk a little bit about that because this kind of ties into our discussion of the dc universe as a whole but it was actually dc tv uh, Greg Berlanti and them who decided that they were going to bring all these variant universes of the DC universe together in this uh, one overarching uh, TV series. Whether you found that it was successful or not, it was a cool concept. And there were parts of it that were definitely, definitely cool. Like there was a part where Ezra Miller's Flash met Grant Gustin's Flash. And Ezra Miller Flash from the DC movies, he didn't even have a, a name for himself yet as a, as a fledgling hero. He didn't know that he was going to be called the Flash until Grant Gustin said, no, I'm also the Flash. You're also the what? The Flash? The Flash? The Flash. So uh, stuff like that is pretty cool because <laughs> he seeded uh, the name for uh, Ezra Miller's Flash in the DC movies. So it, it was that idea that kind of struck a chord with the DC Movies Department, uh, which is currently headed by Walter Hamada. They, they actually had a, a, a whole panel called Multiverse 101, and it was really, really interesting. It, was, it, it seemed like one of the lesser panels uh, throughout it all, but because it had the head of DC TV, Greg Berlanti, the head of DC Comics, Jim Lee, and the head of Disney, or Disney, DC Movies, Walter Hamada, they were able to talk about like the bigger picture of what they were hoping to accomplish. I, I, we, we got a little bit about like how just because the Batman movie coming uh, from Matt Reeves doesn't take place in the DCEU doesn't mean there won't be a DCEU Batman, you know? It's just multiple different Earths and they're all kind of connected via the multiverse. And I think that's a great idea for uh, their brand in general because when one might fail the other might succeed and hopefully it raises all ships you know so i think that's pretty cool uh what do you think your favorite part of what you saw from the wonder woman 1984 panel was it was good to see it was good to see gal gadot as wonder woman again i think she's great i think that that was a really good casting she did really well in the first movie, so I'm definitely excited to see that character explored more, that actress as that character used more. It's great to see her pretty much in 
anything. I mean, to be honest, I think that she was probably one of my favorite parts of uh, Superman versus Batman, and I wasn't a big fan of that movie. Right. Yeah. No. I think Gal, Gal Gadot is like uh, a perfect fit. She may not have like the body type and the physical characteristics of the character from DC Comics, but the portrayal of the role she nails. She is absolutely fantastic for the role, um, and I, I love seeing everything that she does with the character. I think Patty Jenkins, too, the director of that film, really really gets the character well, and she she understands. Um, how to portray a, a strong female character for a new audience, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I think that I think it was great to have a, a female director do that, anyways, because I think that she brought a fresh perspective to that first movie. It'll definitely be awesome to see her vision, how it progresses in this next movie. Oh yeah, I'm happy that she's back on as well. What do you think about Kristen Wiig as the cheetah? It's interesting because when you first see her character, it she has that like that stereotypical nerdy person that I guess is scorned by the world mm-hmm. and gets a, gets some superpowers somehow and uh, starts you know just tearing things up. And so that forces uh, Wonder Woman to stop her. And I, well, I mean, it shows it in the trailer, but there's going to be instances in the movie where I guess they cross paths Mm -hmm. either before or after this transformation happens. And so I wonder how that's going to affect the conflict, you know, the, the, the climax of the movie. Right. Well, we have a a line from Wonder Woman um, actually saying like, Barbara, what did you do? So she she obviously has some knowledge of this person. She's met her before. Uh, we saw the scene in like a, I think it was a museum where they're fighting uh, in a gallery. So and that's before she has um, like her body changed into a cheetah. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. I think uh, Pedro Pascal as Max Lord is an interesting fit. I have a feeling that maybe he gives her like that's her wish. Because, you know, he, he's on TV saying, like, anything you wish, you can have. And I think that's Cheetah's wish, is to, you know, have the powers of a cheetah. And uh, she gets it, and obviously it turns her into a monster. Because, uh, you know, wishing from an evil guy never goes well. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to tell uh, Cheetah, this is the way. That was corny, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I'm really looking forward to is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. It's kind of like a almost sequel to the original, but it's not at the same time. It's kind of like when they decided um, we were going to ignore Wolverine Origins and just call the second movie The Wolverine. <laughs> Even though it was actually a sequel, but you kind of just wanted to forget the first one. So I think that's what's yeah. happening with The Suicide Squad. Because uh, in The Suicide Squad, we're ha- we, we get people f- who were previously cast in the first movie. Yeah, we're going to get people like uh, Amanda Waller and Boomerang and, and stuff like that to show up again. Obviously, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, she's the, the biggest actress in that, in that uh, film. I think from what we saw there, that's like one of the things I'm most excited about. Because James Gunn uh, is... F- first and foremost like just such a quirky director he goes outside of the box to make it as weird as possible for you but also entertaining it's not he's not just trying to like weird you out of the movie theater he's trying to get you to just have 
a fresh perspective of superheroes and the superhero genre and supervillains because this is the Suicide Squad. I think that that little behind the scenes video was really fun. Uh, I, I think everyone in it seemed like they were having a good time and it's going to be a big cast. Oh my goodness. It is humongous. I mean, we're, we're going to be seeing some familiar faces from that that first movie, like you mentioned, Margot Robbie, the actress that played uh, Amanda Waller. Viola, uh, I think Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. Yeah. Yes, Viola. So we're going to be seeing Viola Davis and the actor that portrayed the soldier that led the group in, the fir- in that first Suicide oh, Squad. Oh, I forget his name. Yeah, I forget I forgot his name. his name too. And so he's going to be in that also. So there, there are definitely so it's definitely a continuation. A faces. Even though they like when when it was first announced, it was like this isn't a sequel to the to Suicide Squad, but it kind of is because you can't just ignore everything uh, from the previous movie and still have those characters in the film. So it's kind of a weird pseudo sequel uh, where they probably will do their best not to reference as much as possible uh, from the previous film. I wonder if they're going to make any references that kind of make fun of that first film. Kind of like, like breaking a fourth wall in a way. Like what happened to the Joker? But not being too obvious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'll definitely be excited to see Margot Robbie play Harley Quinn again. I think she's great in that role. I think that that's another great casting that uh, DC uh, did. And it'll definitely be cool. It was fun seeing her in Birds of Prey. That was definitely a fun movie to watch. I still haven't checked that out yet, actually. I'm going to have to do that. Uh, I've heard good things, uh, and I've heard bad things, but I've heard mostly good things, so I'm I'm excited to see that. Unfortunately, that that movie, like, bombed pretty hard. It doesn't really help that coronavirus came a couple weeks later. Let's jump forward a little bit to the next film that we're going to talk about. What did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League? You know, the Snyder Cut. Oh, man. Dude, the, the Snyder Cut looks amazing. It's pretty much a whole different movie. And from what I had seen in the trailer, I'm thinking that I'm going to like this one way more than I like the 2017 version. The 2017 version just left very little impression on me. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, it, it was a flop to me. And it was definitely a flop, you know, critically and in the box office. Yeah, I mean, it, so, it lost probably about 60 million at the box office. What, what I what I think this is like so cool about the Justice League Snyder Cut is the fact that um, we've already had the opportunity to let our opinions of Justice League subside a little bit, but we still remember the film, at least for those of us, those of us who actually watched it. You know, like we have our memories of that movie. So this is going to be like a parallel universe to that movie because there will be some stuff from the Joss Whedon cut of the film but most of it is going to be like 75% of it's going to be totally fresh because if you really think about it the original 2017 Justice League was mostly filmed by Zack Snyder and then uh, he had some unfortunate uh, a family crisis that he needed to attend to and Joss Whedon stepped in and the studio took that as an opportunity to reshoot a bunch of stuff, cut it down from four hours to exactly two hours uh, so that it would like make it would have more time in the theaters to have more screenings per day. And it didn't really work out for them because the movie just wasn't coherent. It didn't really 
make that much sense. It was the product of two very different directors trying to make make something cohesive, and it just didn't work. So it's exciting to finally get the third movie in Zack Snyder's DC trilogy of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. Yeah, no, I'm. It's definitely gonna be interesting. I mean, four hours, man. That that is a beast of a movie, but it might be needed. All that all that time. Or all that extra time might be needed because, I mean, remember, we're coming in with some of these characters not really all that developed. So, True. like Cyborg, you you have, you know nothing about Cyborg. Even the Justice League movie that we got, I don't know anything about that guy except that he likes wearing oversized hoodies. <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest, like the way the way that I see it was that that movie definitely needed to de- to develop that character. Because, I mean, unless you've, you know, watched Teen Titans or you've read the comics or looked into Cyborg's background, I mean, you're not going to really know much about him. But and, e- but um, even then, like, this is a very angsty version of that. Like, he's, like, cooped up at home. He's learning all this, like, random information from the internet at his disposal. Um, he's a very different character uh, mentally and personality, per- personality-wise than we got in Teen Titans or... Uh, in the comics even so uh, we're going to be getting a lot more of that even like Ezra Miller's Flash we didn't have too much information on in that movie although he was highlighted far more than Cyborg and Aquaman too he's going to be getting a lot more because a lot of people forget that this is the movie that really like brought Aquaman to the fore but now that he has his own movie uh, maybe we don't necessarily need a origin story for Aquaman so it'll be interesting to see what they do here you know right and i i actually enjoyed that first aquaman movie Mm -hmm. i thought it was a fun watch and so definitely now after seeing that movie i think it'll be cool to revisit justice league well i mean with this new cut so maybe things might mesh a little bit better now that we have that movie you know out there yeah definitely are you more interested in seeing this in like one hour uh, episodes, which is what Zack Snyder said that they would like, that they were trying to do on HBO Max. Or are you more interested in catching this as a full movie? Because he also says we'd have that option. I definitely want to see it as a full movie. I think when it comes to something like that, I mean, I don't know how they're gonna cut it when it comes to the four-hour increments. But I would much rather watch it as a movie. I mean, I'm gonna have to have an intermission at some point because I mean, four hours, four hours yeah. is pretty long. But I definitely do plan on watching it in its entirety, like at the same time. Definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you because that was the original intent of the footage to make it a, a large, uh, epic movie instead of just. I'm sure it'll be a great uh, four-part miniseries too. All right, so let's see what else uh, was there at the DC fandom worth talking about. Games. Games. Got some really cool games. Talk to me about the games, Anthony. I know that's your forte. Gotham Knights, go. Gotham Knights? Oh, man. Gotham Knights, I believe it's in the same universe as the Batman Arkham series, but it's not a sequel or anything. It's not connected in that kind of way. But it's really cool because in this one, we've got four characters that we can play, and it's going to be cooperative. Uh, we got we have uh, Batgirl, Red Hood, Robin and Nightwing, which is really cool. The combat, 
plays exactly or very similarly to how the Arkham series played out. Um, I don't I don't know if you've noticed that, Dakota, like when you watch that footage. Yeah, the first thing I, I noticed from the gameplay footage was the, you know, you could grapple up to like you're hanging out on a beam or a gargoyle or something. And then you, you can look down on the enemies below you and, you know, squash them with your boots. I like that. No, I thought it was cool because they each had like their own combat style so i thought that was cool so if you want to switch things up you you can do so I, and and gotham I knights really is cool. uh gotham knights is uh multiplayer too yes you can play a single player campaign until uh someone else logs in and you can also jump into a multiplayer mode um so that's going to be an interesting uh gameplay mechanic and it might be really fun uh playing with friends on that yes for sure I'm pretty excited. That is coming out. I think next this, year. Did it say was it next year? <clears throat> the the next game that we're gonna talk about, we didn't see much footage on it. Well, there was no footage on it. It was just a, a cutscene. That's because this game isn't gonna be coming out into until 2022, and that's uh, Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League. Now this game also looked really fun that opening or that cinematic that that they showed us was really funny i thought it was really cool it showed harley quinn of course captain boomerang king shark and deadshot you can switch between those characters you could yeah, you could switch between them on a fly too like uh, you yeah. don't you don't have to like start a new uh level with this new character if you're playing through something as harley quinn you feel like you know, I really can't get through whatever barricade I'm or whatever uh, boss I'm fighting. I can switch over really quickly to King Shark or Captain Boomerang. You could do that. And that's pretty cool. The fact that you could just, uh, you know, just take over another uh, NPC beside you. So I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. And then you saw that uh, was it Captain Boomerang was like kind of using his boomerang to teleport. Oh um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I I, 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 <laughs> I did think that that was a weird thing when I saw it, but you know it's cool. It's they can do whatever they want as long as yeah. they still have their signature personality types and humor um, and power sets. Yeah, no, you know? of course, of course. And then obviously the cinematic ended uh, ended off with uh, Superman killing. Uh, somebody that he supposedly saved from a helicopter crash yeah uh thank you <laughs> superman there must be something going on uh, i don't know if it's yeah, red kryptonite yeah. i don't know if the entire justice league is like uh going crazy or what so based off the the tagline kill the justice league i'm going to assume that there's something going on with the justice league and you're gonna have to take him out because it was really funny because captain boomerang was at the end of the cinematic was saying did we ever find out who we have to assassinate and then like the rest of them point to to superman and he's like oh yeah because it, it, it's hilarious because you know superman is like the biggest and strongest in the dc universe or like he's he's believed to be obviously he's not the actual physically strongest character but um everyone has this reverence for this character uh, even the bad guys, like, they don't want to mess with Superman because they know they're probably going to lose. Um, right. Or in, in the Suicide Squad case, they're definitely going to lose. So it's like a losing battle. But the fact that they actually <laughs> still have to do it is hilarious. 
Uh, so I'm excited about that game. I actually, of the two games, that one is by far like the one that, that stuck out to me. I do like the Gotham Knights one just because um, I like the idea of like, you have all of, or at least four of Batman's uh, former protégés uh, fighting together to defeat some common enemy. I think that that's cool too. But the, yeah. the humor and everything in the Suicide Squad looks fantastic. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Gotham Knights, I like it because... I love the Arkham series, so I'm definitely going to play it. But definitely Suicide Squad, it it looks like a different game, so I'm definitely going to play it because it looks fun. I can't wait to see more of the gameplay. Let's talk about um, Black Adam. So, did, were you able to check out anything, any footage from Black Adam, Anthony? Actually, that was the one thing that I meant to do, and I could have, but I completely forgot okay yeah so last week on wednesday um we we kind of explained that anthony got off work midday through the dc fandom experience and he didn't get to check out all of the panels and everything and that's one of the that's probably the biggest one that you missed from what i'm gathering um and i think it's worth talking about so we'll we'll just break it down a little bit here um dwayne johnson the rock it's just him on screen and uh they kind of like dive into this cavernous like cave in egypt and he's just like standing there at the end and they zoom in on him and he's just like the balance of power in the dc universe is about to change or the hierarchy of power is about to change and he's like really he has a strong presence on screen and he's just such a fun guy like everything that he's in you're kind of interested because he has that charisma on set but um he talked a little bit about the black adam um, and if you are unfamiliar with the character, it's the first person or one of the first people who got to wield the, the wizard Shazam's power. So he was a slave in Egypt. They have like a small animation of like this, this uh, slave going from, you know, slave to like a powerful ruler of Egypt because he gets the power from Shazam to basically become judge, jury, and executioner. Like, so he takes justice into his own hands and he becomes kind of an anti-hero um, and eventually this character becomes like the arch nemesis of Shazam or you know formerly Captain Marvel back when he was called Captain Marvel yeah the, the rock seems so excited to, to work on this project he's been lined up to do Black Adam for like a decade at this point so the fact that they're finally able to like put something uh, out into the world and it actually looks like they're gonna it's gonna happen is really really cool and uh, you should definitely check it out because uh, it's just like two minutes online but yeah the the animation looks really cool i actually lied i caught a little bit of that animation in your video I was watching your reaction video so, and you guys were talking about it. I did catch a bit of that animation. You know what that animation reminds me a lot of? That they use in um, in games like Magic the Gathering. Where they don't want to fully animate something. But they kind of want to animate it a little bit. Right. It kind of reminds me of that type that type of thing. But I didn't, I didn't catch the panel though with The Rock. Which I definitely want to watch that panel. Because I love watching panels and interviews with The Rock. Because yeah, he brings this amazing energy to the screen. Like he pretty much steals the show a lot of the time. And uh, I love the energy that he brings to like... All, pretty much any character that he plays i loved him as maui and moana so um also 
the animation that they did was uh, I don't know if you follow him online on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, but Boss Logic he does a lot of posters, he does a lot of uh, like concept art, and he was just a like a cool artist at at first, but then he started getting used for like the end game stuff uh, back in the day. Like he's a like accredited artist on like the concept art for end game and stuff. So he and his company, uh, who have a huge following online and just like the fandom circles. Um, actually created this uh, animation for Black Adam. So I think that that's a pretty cool opportunity and I'm, ha- I'm happy to see uh, him moving on up in the world. But yeah, definitely check that out. I think it's just such a cool uh, little bit of DC fandom. Before we go any further, what did you think of the fandom experience as a whole? Like, instead of just what they released or what they told us, like, how do you think it was executed? I think it was really cool. I think it was really cool how they set it up. These the visuals really, were really cool. They had all these like Zoom calls going on, but it wasn't just a screen of you know webcams. They had you know it was kind of stylized and and it looked like it was like in a room. It looked I mean, like a big dome, actually. Yes, it, it really did. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to replace the experience of going to a convention but this is where we are now and i think that it was a really cool way of you know just bringing that that news in in a really cool way because i mean there are people like you and i that are missing you know we miss going to these things you know we miss being able to get our get our news and you know going to panels and and you know just seeing cosplay and all that stuff i mean i thought it was really cool that they showed you know some costumes and stuff it was almost like having a convention experience but from your home yeah no i think that that's the strongest point of it all is is the fact that they were able to make um this experience available for everyone and it was free yeah it was a free experience you know like sometimes you get like free comic-con uh, videos or like panels that are streamed from comic-con but that's very rare most of the time you're just getting like news from sources and then they'll release whatever footage if they want to on youtube or whatever so the fact that they just did this freely for the fans right apparently like uh, a couple days ago variety posted uh this was back in wednesday uh, variety posted an article saying that the live stream event had 22 million people globally log into it uh, at one point or another and that's a huge amount of people that, yeah. that showed up and this thing did not crash so no, i know realizing that and the, the fact that they had it set up to where yeah the, the thing didn't crash that's amazing that's really an amazing feat because you hear the stories of like a whole bunch of people going to a website at once and like the website you know gen- generally stuff like that happens it crashes but the fact that they were so they planned ahead yeah, they planned ahead and they were expecting, you know, a heavy load. Share the load. And so they wanted to make sure that the experience was a sh- seamless experience for people to uh, experience, man. It was, it was yeah. great. Yeah. I had to reload the page a few times just because, um, you know, after like an hour or two of watching 
a stream on a single like web page the memory in the computer starts to build up so just you know mm. restart the yeah. web page and whatever and it, it just went right back to the same spot so it was really seamless for me i was very happy with it i thought that the animation looked cool the fact that they uh, incorporated like artists uh from like dc and like writers and um all different types of uh, people who've worked on dc products or are working on dc projects i think it was a total success honestly and it didn't yeah you're right it doesn't make up for the comic-con uh, experience or the con experience but i i hope they do these every year if if they never show up at comic-con again i would be a little disappointed you know i think have at least a couple panels but the fact that they were able to show all the stuff that they were working on for free to everyone that's you, awesome you know like i i applaud them because with, with what we had said you know we can't go out and experience you know a convention it shows that they they care about their fans you know enough to set something up that you know they got all these stars and well-known people together and you know to be able to interview and talk about the projects that they're on and i mean they had just so many people you know they had you know the heads of you know several departments in dc the fact that they had the ginormous cast of the Suicide Squad. They all showed on up. There. I mean, they all showed up. And I thought that, I mean, just the fact that they all did that and that just this experience happened shows that DC cares about their fans and that just because we can't get out there doesn't mean that they can't do something for their fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quickly, let's uh, go through a few other things before we get to the batman um oh, so yeah. shazam 2 is going to be called fury of the gods i don't know if you caught that panel or not but it was a really fun panel it was almost like a zoom meeting but they called it shazoom <laughs> it was you know corny but it was it was hilarious and i think the point of that panel was for the cast to tease different things that might be coming but then say oh no we can't talk about that we can't talk about that the entire panel so it was really fun uh, it was cool and then they they, they titled uh, they, they revealed the title was uh, fury of the gods so that's cool and the flashpoint movie is coming we're gonna have multiple batmans in that one we're gonna have multiple universes that are being visited and ezra miller's coming back as the flash obviously ben affleck is going to be there as well as well as uh michael keaton's batman from the old movies or that's old gonna movie. be interesting that'll be interesting yeah i'm excited about that let's now that we're we're talking about batman let's talk about matt reeves the batman uh anthony what i almost called you jen there oof uh anthony what is your opinion on the batman oh man i know a lot of people they had their doubts because they saw you know robert pattinson as the batman they're like oh man you know the first thought they're thinking is you know edward from twilight yeah that's that's the first thought that any you know that probably most people thought were they're like oh my gosh really they're trying to like destroy a character that i that i love but then you watch this you you watch this trailer and you're like wow it really wowed me because it's like wow it definitely shows that he has depth the first time that i came across him was from harry potter when he played cedric diggory who said boyfriend <laughs> so i i'm a bit more forgiving because you know, I knew, like, I've seen him play an, an other characters besides Edward. And so I know that he can play more than just some emotionless vampire. 
The funniest joke that I saw online was, it's the worst vampire of all time. It took him 10 years to turn into a bat. <laughs> but, uh, had to. but no, I think I'm happy that it's Robert Pattinson. I think that he has the, the gravitas to pull off a role like Batman. I'm worried that he doesn't have the, the gravitas or the, the type of character to pull off Bruce Wayne, but we know that he's a good actor. We know that he's been in some uh, fantastic stuff recently, and um, he definitely is up there, and I think he can definitely handle it. So I'm excited to see what he pulls you know, out of the suit, as well as uh, what he puts into it. I think we got so little of him. We, we, you know, we saw him like step into a, a, a crime scene, and uh, everyone like kind of steps away from him, because he, he looks terrifying, obviously. He looks like a crazy man. <laughs> wearing if this isn't something that you're used to a guy wearing a bat suit uh is a little weird but then you have uh the scene where he beats up that one guy for asking who are you and he beats the crap out of that guy and he goes i'm vengeance but what i like about that <laughs> is that he's not like deepening his voice he's just like he's not like a uh, christian bale where he's like i'm vengeance or Ben Affleck would have would have like a filter over his voice, like I'm vengeance, but like with like a metallic filter over it. This is just his voice, you know. This is the second year he's been Batman, and he's new to it all, and he's just got a lot of angst. Yeah, and uh, you know he's putting his entire weight into every punch. What was it? You know, was it strep throat Batman? Didn't really bother me all that much. <laughs> See, it actually kind of bothers me. It does bother me a little bit. Like, now that I go back to those movies, like, I get why he does that, because he wants to be anonymous. But, you know, there's got to be a better way to, to do that than, you know, hurt your throat every time you try to have a conversation in the bat suit. No, no, I, I totally get that. It, it's it, it was definitely, you know, kind of weird, because it seemed very just unnatural. Yeah. Imagine him like trying to order something from like McDonald's, <laughs> like I'll take a number three and uh, large fries. What? A McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, we got we got uh, look at that. We have uh, we we saw Catwoman. We also saw uh, their version of the Penguin in the trailer. Colin, yeah. Colin Farrell is playing. Uh, the penguin and he looks nothing like colin farrell i know isn't that crazy that's crazy that's some crazy prosthetics but it's been confirmed that that is actually colin farrell according to yeah. the prosthetics department yeah i saw that and it's zoe kravitz that is uh catwoman yeah uh i'm excited to see what she does with the role i, I like zoe um she did great i do too fantastic beast and stuff so i'm excited to see what she does here matt reeves he he spoke a lot uh, in the panel leading up to the trailer and he had so much to say about the movie and you can tell he's so excited to not only talk about the movie but to get back into filming because they've been derailed oh, yeah. for six months that's exciting and the fact that the footage that we got was only the first like two months worth of foot uh, of filming that's that says a lot because it, it looked great it looked super polished and that could have been a first trailer like a you know most most times we don't get a, a full trailer of something until after they cut the entire or they film the entire film so they have different stuff to work with but with this it's just the first couple months that they started filming basically it was cool that they had something to show though for sure I, i'm pretty sure with the whole covid thing that filming i mean has been put on a pause so the fact that they 
were able to get something like that together is very impressive. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited to see what else they do with it. All right. Well, I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to cover about DC Fandom. There's definitely a bit more to it, especially like the TV shows. And Dakota and I are not really following that. So we didn't think that it was really too worth. It wasn't really worth it for us to talk about it. And so we're pretty excited because next week we're going to be talking about one of my personal favorite cartoons, which is Avatar The Last Airbender. I, I think it's safe to say that if if it's not my favorite cartoon of all time, it's up there. You know, thinking about it, it just brings me back to, you know, watching it when it first aired and just following that story and how it was really special to me uh, growing up and watching that. Um, and so how, how do you feel about that, Dakota? Um, well, are you excited? I caught Avatar The Last Airbender after it aired for the first time. Jen introduced me and my wife when we first started dating. And I fell in love with the show. I think it's currently the the greatest American animated series of all time. And we'll talk all about why we think that is, or at least why I think it's the greatest American animated series. Uh, you might have other opinions. Um, oh, but, no, for sure. But we'll talk about that all in next week's podcast. Thank you again for listening to Project Geekology. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we hope you leave a positive review wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Please leave a positive review. We'd love to read uh, your thoughts on what we have to say, and we uh, hope you subscribe for more. Yes, we definitely appreciate those who listened to our last episode, our zeroth episode, our introductory episode, and you know provided feedback. Uh, I'm, re- I'm glad that a lot of you guys enjoyed it, and I really appreciated hearing it from you guys. And so we definitely hope that as we continue to produce more episodes, that you guys will continue to enjoy what we put out. Um, like I said, this week was a little, the audio was a bit messed up. We're looking to publish each episode on, on a Saturday so that we have, we want to have a regular schedule for you guys. And so this week it didn't pan out that way, but we do plan on having our Avatar episode put up on this upcoming Saturday. Any last uh, closing remarks? I think uh, because this is a DC themed episode i have to end it with something really corny and dc themed so in brightest day and blackest night no evil shall escape my sight let those who worship evil's might beware my power green lantern's light they didn't talk about green lantern at all actually now that i think about it what the heck they didn't talk about the green lantern project coming down the line anyway that's for another day thank you so much for watching you're listening to this (laughs) there we go (laughs) had had to happen had to happen (laughs) thank you guys so much have a good one peace out everyone